threatening Mendonesia and people around the world. Uh, welcome to the Renewable Energy Hour. I'm Doug Livingston, uh, longtime host, and let's see if that did the trick. Hey, Chris, are you there? I still hear you. All right, you hear me. So some weird glitch happened when I potted you down and we did our music. Um, let's kill that music. All right, so uh, after that embarrassing, unexplained technical glitch, uh, we're ready to start the show, the Renewable Energy Hour. Uh, we've been doing this show with one host or another for 25 years now on this station. That's pretty amazing. Um, but tonight's topic is uh, something we've addressed twice before and uh, in the past year. Um and at least one other show on KZYX has addressed it. Wow, that's a lot of noise. Where's that coming from? Um, that's better. Whatever happened, it stopped. Um, and that's uh, the utilities have been, as usual, uh, deeply influential of the California Public Utility Commission. And the California Public Utility Commission has... You know, three or four times, depending on how you count it, uh, proposed and or tried to sneak in some radical changes to how solar, rooftop solar, as it's commonly called, I would call it small private, uh, privately owned, net metered solar or utility interconnected solar is compensated under what rules on the rate structures. And... The ones they came out with last December were absolutely atrocious and would have absolutely killed the solar industry to nothing in California. Uh, they tried again later on in the year um, with a little mellower version of it, but it was still devastating. They tried to sneak in a way for ratepayers, uh, solar-owning solar ratepayers, to pay for the decommissioning of... Uh, our last nuclear power plant and uh, here we are on uh, yet another one that they're about to uh, vote on on December 15th coming right up and so you still have time to have an influence on 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 pressure onto the CPUC to get them to back down it's nowhere near as bad as the, the one they came out with in December but it's still pretty devastating and uh we have a guest uh, with us, uh, Laura Dehan, uh, from uh, Environment California or Environment California or Environment America, the California Division. I don't know how you refer to yourselves. Welcome, Laura. With Thank you. Thank you, Doug. So happy to be here. And it's definitely Environment California. We're, we just happen to be part of a whole federation of state environment groups, which is called Environment America. So we do have a DC office, but we're state-based environmental groups. And I'm so excited to be here to talk about how we can keep solar growing and bend off against this, um, this last iteration of the proposal. Well, part part of my theme again and again and again throughout this hour is going to be public uprisings at previous proposals have made a world of difference, so don't stop now. Absolutely. Bingo. I would agree. Bingo. So, uh, yeah, what is the current proposal, and, and, and what are the remaining yeah. negative things in it, and what has been taken out? So you'll remember that back almost a year ago now, um, the bad proposal that came out from the CPUC was really atrocious, as you said. Um, it, there were three really bad things it would have done. Um, the first, it would have instituted what people called a solar tax, basically a monthly fee just on solar customers a penalty charge almost for having a rooftop solar system. Um, and the amount was really high. Um, the average for most customers would have been about $60 a month in addition to the regular energy bill. Um, so that was a really bad idea. Um, the second thing that it proposed was um, basically retroactively changing customers' Um, the deal that customers would be given when they, you know, from when they signed up 
for a system. Um, so instead of having a guarantee bill payment rate for 20 years, um, the proposal from December would have just changed everybody's agreement down to 15 years and then made them vulnerable to, you know, different kind of changes after that. So people, um, so, that was, so people had put mm-hmm. their systems in 15 years ago would suddenly immediately be impacted by the new rates. Exactly. Just despite exactly. despite promises of 20 years of grandfathering in. Yeah, how mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. can anybody else imagine a time that you can unilaterally change a contract without the other signer's agreement? Yeah, except it wasn't really a contract. It was a CPU decision. And they can do whatever they want. Well, apparently, but it's like exactly the opposite of what our state should be doing if we want to instill consumer confidence, right, in mm-hmm. being able to make these kind of risks, right, to, to move us to a clean, renewable future. Um, and then the third thing that the proposal had was a sudden, drastic cut to the credit that people get for the extra energy they give back to the grid, the net metering, the net energy that they're giving to their neighbors. Instead of getting about 30 cents, per kilowatt hour um, on average, um, they propose cutting it overnight down to five cents per kilowatt hour. So about an 80% cut overnight. Um, So that's why it was terrible. Um, The good news is the new proposal that came out last month in November you should mention the middle one with the uh, the solar tax when they backed off a little bit on some of the other stuff, but instituted as what what solar rights called a solar tax, where you would get charged for on-site solar production consumed on-site. That's right. That was the solar tax or solar penalty fees, exactly. That was, um, we thought, would have an immediate chilling effect on anyone's, you know, decision to go solar. Um, And exactly the opposite of what you'd want to do, you know, which is encourage people to go solar, not penalize them for doing something that's good for our climate and our environment. Um, And so, well, the good news is this new revised proposal got rid of the solar tax. There is no solar tax in the new proposal. And the other good thing is it does not affect existing customers. So if you got solar and you have, you know, you counted on having that 20-year contract, basically, or agreement of how much your net metering rate would be and um, the kind of fees you'd be subject to, you can count on that not changing um, for the full 20 years um, based on this new proposal. The unfortunate thing is it still has a really drastic cut overnight. It's not quite as bad as an 80% cut overnight. What they basically said is, overnight we're going to do a 75% cut, so instead of 30 cents per kilowatt hour, you would get um, 7 or 8 cents per kilowatt hour, and then we, over five years, get down to that 80% cut of down all the way to 5 cents. So, it's a bit more complicated, but that's basically it. Basically, they cut the credit still in this new proposal, which is why we're opposing it. We think it's still far too drastic and it really threatens the future of rooftop solar in California and if it's to go through. This, this would only apply to the kilowatt hours exported to the grid and not apply to any of what you consumed on site? That's right. That's okay. Right. So it, it would basically be forcing the financially viable systems to be significantly smaller than what you consume, way smaller than what you consume to avoid ever exporting power. Or, or God forbid, the people who aren't at home during the day not consuming anything when the solar is cracking out, they're out of the picture completely. Right. I mean, I think the, the what you'll hear um, from the commissioners or the utilities or others is that, oh, this is how we're going to get to the future where batteries are incentivized or they make sense. Um, And it's ironic because, of course, Environment California, we strongly support a future where people not only have rooftop solar systems on their home, but they also have it paired with storage so we can save that sunshine power that we get during the heat of the day when the sun is bright and shining, that we're able to save that for later in the evening when the sun sets. Because right now in the evening, we're firing up fossil fuel plants all around the state. 
if we could not do that and instead rely on that clean solar power that we have in the form of storage, that would be much, much better. Well, that's, the reality is, that's one way that they could avoid that that horrendous wholesale price for export electricity is not to export it, to put it into their batteries and offset their evening consumption till 9.30 or so. Yes, exactly. It is a, that ultimately is a good solution for, for Californians to, to, to get a battery on your home. Um, and you've got that resilience, you know, you can keep the, the lights on if there's power outages. Um, so there's all kinds of, of benefits. And then ultimately you're able to feed that, we could feed that energy back into the, to the rest of the grid so that, um, you know, when we're in, in tight spots, like, you know, that week in September when we had heat waves all up and down the state and the power demand surged, um, suddenly that, that week um, we really started to rely on people who already have installed batteries and they have home storage. Um, we're able to flip the switch and have some of that power go back into the neighborhood and keep the lights on, so that was that was really key. Um, but the challenge is that batteries, although they're great, they're still out of reach for most consumers. They're pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. And, and pretty environmentally costly, too, and competing with the electric vehicle market. And, and historically, grid-tied people have done their grid-tied systems without batteries and have been able to use the utility effectively as their storage vehicle. And, mm-hmm. uh, and to me, that's currently the sweetest environmental footprint, although I agree we need to level out the, uh, the demand curve. But the reason that the peak is now, you know, it six in the evening is not that the peak consumption happens at six in the evening it's that the solar's not producing at six in the evening we've wiped out the two two o'clock in the afternoon weekday summer afternoon peak problem even though that's still when the peak demand happens we've wiped out that peak supply demand problem and shifted it into the evening because so much solar has gone in in california it's quite an achievement when you think about it, just how much solar power has grown in the state overall. Um, we just put out a report called Renewables on the Rise. And if folks are interested, you can search for it. We have this really cool interactive dashboard and you can search for how much solar power has grown um, from you know year over year from starting in 2012 through to 2021. You can compare to all the other states in the country. Um, California, of course, we are the sunny state and we're also one of the sunniest places in the world. We've also got the most solar energy anywhere. Um, So we've got enough solar power in our state to power over 5 million households when you count up both the rooftop systems, individual home systems, as well as the large-scale solar. Um, So that's quite amazing. That, that is pretty amazing. Chris, you had some issues about batteries. Do you want to talk about those? Um, yeah, and that was, uh, you know, kind of along some of those similar lines you all were just discussing, you know, about the setting things up more as a self-consumption uh, situation. And that, you know, I mean, from my perspective, um, PG&E and the CPUC are kind of, you know, pushing people that, you know, really want to be part of this, you know, to over time really kind of disconnect from the grid in a sense without disconnecting from it. And that, you know, to not sell the solar, to have storage, to have self-consumption systems, which, you know, for people that, you know, say businesses that, you know, use the vast majority of their power in the daytime when the sun would be shining, then, you know, they can, they can operate, you know, on mostly self-consumption, um, you know, and even limit their export. Um, but, I, you know, I kind of wonder, you know, what this will look like, you know, in the future. But I, I think some of this may be, you know, partially an unintended consequence of, of having the SGIP program. Um, and that's the solar generation incentive program for batteries where people are getting rebates, you know, started with businesses. And it was all about helping, you know, cut that evening peak load that you all were discussing um, by using large you know, business systems to do that um, so that, you know, because with SGIP, you know, those 
people get that rebate and then they have to at least, you know, 20% of the time allow that battery to export its power back to the grid specifically that it's not just for their backup purposes. Um, uh, under, or, u- under utility control. Um, I, I don't know that that's directly under utility control or not. Uh, I've kind of avoided the SDIP program myself as an installer because it's so complex. Oh, and my God. It, it's it's a um, nightmare to get through from everybody I've talked to. Yeah, it, it really is. And there's there's a lot of companies out there that handle that administration for companies like us. But every time one pops up, their their schedule ends up full very quickly, very and then quickly. they're just not taking new clients. You know, after about a month or two, um, and you know, because they're dealing with big developers and such, and you know, and Tesla takes about twenty five percent of those across the state. Um, and how but, about you know, and how about the big uh, big utility scale power plants? Don't they put in a large percentage of our battery capacity these days? I believe they are the vast majority of the battery capacity at this point. I haven't tracked the numbers, um, but they are doing, you know, multiple megawatt scale and that, you know, you're getting into fractions of a gigawatt, say half a gigawatt hour, or, you know, I think we have a couple of systems that are coming online soon that are in the, you know, in the two gigawatt hour range as far as sizing. Um but that's, yeah, you know, the California Energy Commission is pushing for other chemistries besides lithium. They're not really studying the lithium anymore. Um, so hopefully we'll see some other uh, one, one chemistries thing, deployed soon. One thing I want to see is those big utility-scale power plants. Some of them, you know, put in inverters that can only handle half the full-scale output of their array because they're limited by their transmission line and want as flat of a curve the whole day as possible. And so, you know, a third of their daily potential power from their array is thrown away, is clipped. And it, and also, you know, when the grid is satisfied and there's too much solar online, they're going to get asked to shut down entirely. And I think that all of these utility-scale power plants should be making hydrogen when they can't be sending it onto the grid and have a combined cycle gas turbine burning hydrogen on site to shave that evening peak. But that's a different show. Oh, that would be. <laughs> um, yeah, I just was going to pipe in and share that, in, in fact, California is also the nation's leader when it comes to battery storage capacity. And we've got now 2.4 gigawatts of battery storage, most of which is, you know, I think you're right. It, there's a combination of large, large scale, as well as the individual home solar batteries. Um, but it is definitely growing. And you know, one of the other things I was just thinking about as you were talking there um, was how much the federal government has just, you know, we've had these game changer incentives with the Big Inflation Reduction Act passing, and for the first time ever, battery storage, standalone battery storage. Um, is eligible to get a really big tax incentive, about a 30% tax break on those projects, um, um, which is really... That, mm-hmm. That's been true for a while. No, it's not been true for individual standalone batteries, only the um, ones oh. that were paired with a solar... You know, like oh, I see, system. I see, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've had, I've had clients claiming the the 30% tax credit since its inception, but we're in a different, we're not in Richmond. We're up here in the boondocks, and I've seen estimates that 20% of the households in this county are not even attached to the grid, and all those houses have bad Wow, amazing, amazing. We're, we're, we're like seven people per square mile, and that includes the cities, and when you drop the cities out, it's like two people per square mile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, the tax credit for the batteries has always kind of been in a gray area in that it was not explicitly addressed in the language of the tax credit. Yeah, it was so it, it was pretty clear. On some, some just specific job decisions that were handed down by the IRS where accountants and lawyers, you know, went to the IRS asking the questions and they came back with, you know, an answer, but it wasn't necessarily a rule that should apply broad you know, broad spectrum yeah, it, for everybody across in, the country. In the, lang- in the language in the I language. saw, it, it was pretty clear that the batteries were a required part of the system, of the solar system. They counted. 
Now, just right. replacing your batteries because they wore out, that was some serious gray area, and I encouraged my clients not to claim those. Mm-hmm. Right. But anyhow. And the, so the, Yeah, I mean, I think my point was that it's not only is it, it's very clear now in the new updated tax incentives, you know, that some of which are just going to go into effect in January for the first time in 2023, that there's, there's incredible clean energy incentives, including for rooftop solar and battery systems. But, um, but, you know, while the federal government is investing billions of dollars in helping us get more clean energy, you know, here we are with California trying to cut the incentive that we really see as the bedrock core foundational incentive. And it's exactly the wrong way for us to be going. You know, we should be right. increasing yeah. these incentives. We've yeah. got to get more solar. Ultimately, we need like four or five times as much. Yeah, 20, um, 20% of a small population county like ours is not where we're going to cut the cake. We need to get the mainstream on, and that means the people attached to the grid. So mm-hmm. uh, for the CPUC thing, uh, I see I've gotten a few phone calls. We'll open up the phone lines in just a few minutes. Uh, but for the CPUC thing, what can people do to uh, to educate themselves and influence the system? You know, this to me is so clearly a utility lobby. The utility has way too much influence with the CPUC, and the CPUC gets to make the rules. What what can the public do? Well, you know, I agree with you. The system, it's much more difficult to engage um, more than it should be, for sure, uh, because solar is so popular here in California. The idea that our state government is considering cutting the incentives right now is completely contrary to what people seem to really want from poll after poll. Um, well, we have a website set up where people can take action online right now. It's just environmentcalifornia.org slash rooftop solar um and if you go there we have four actions you can take tonight to help us save california solar and keep it growing one is you can email the governor we have an e- a sample email you can edit it um governor newsom is ultimately the leader in our state and he's the one who appoints the commissioners and we really think he has a lot of influence over what's going to finally end up getting getting approved you know whether it's in on december 15th or you know maybe we'll be able to delay it and and get something better Um, does he have the influence to unappoint commissioners so that's a good question (laughs) um i can't i'm not actually sure how that will work once he's appointed him i'm worried he doesn't have the influence (laughs) he definitely has got a new commissioner you know there's an open commissioner seat he's got to decide who that appointee is um, I think by the end of the month, and ah. um, and we know that his um, the, the president is um, you know someone who's very close to the governor was working in his administration as the um, senior climate advisor, and so Alice Reynolds, and so we do think that Governor Newsom really has a lot of um, an opportunity to lead the state here and make sure we keep solar growing. Um, that's why we're also asking people to call the governor's office. The, it's not open right now, but you can call from nine to five and i can give you the number um, if people want to write it sure down a lot of people listening may not have good internet up here okay well this phone number is 916-445-2841 that's governor newsom's office phone number and you can call and just let them know where you stand and that you want to see solar growing if that's your position um, and then there's action you can take on social media. If people are on Facebook or other social media pages, there's samples, you know, things that you can post to share with your network. And then the other thing you can do is you can submit a letter to the editor for your local paper and just um, spread awareness and encourage more people to take action. And on our website, we've got a really handy tool that makes it easy to draft and submit your letter to whichever paper is, is you know your local paper and and uh your website again is uh environment california forward slash well, just dot org slash rooftop oh, solar. dot org slash rooftop solar and i'd also like to put in a plug for solarrights.org which is actually who i had on the show last time on this topic who put me in touch with you when they couldn't make it for this show 
Yes, they're great. They've been doing, they've been really fighting for solar customers um, every single day. So they've got oh. some really good resources too. And then the other you mentioned, if people want to learn more, Environment California did a series of reports, really looking at different facets of the issue. We did one report where we looked at what happened in other states or other municipal utility districts in California, even where uh, rooftop solar incentive programs were cut um, and it's called rooftop solar at risk and if you just google rooftop solar at risk you'll find our report and it really walks through case studies of what happened in nevada where they had a really similar proposal that is on the table here in california right now but unfortunately in nevada it went through and they saw the whole rooftop solar industry collapse overnight and a lot less solar was installed over the following year. It was cut in half overnight. And but they, they after watching that happen, they they turned around, and within a couple of years, they were back on track. That's right, because but, it was there was so much political fallout. There was so meant so much outrage from the people but, that the legislature restored the incentive program. But we can't afford to have that happen. Yep, we can't afford a couple of years in California, and we are so much bigger of an impact. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, we're the leaders in the whole nation, and so we're an example for everyone, as well as being the fourth largest economy in the world now. Fourth Um, largest? I thought it was the fifth largest. We just took over. We just beat Germany. Oh, my um, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I know. what, What happens here matters. You know, it's a big deal. All right. Well, I've seen. Well, California also has, you know, pretty much the worst air in the country. So, you know, we have a lot of responsibility to do these things. Absolutely. Absolutely. We put out a report last year called Trouble in the Air, and we looked at all of the EPA data from the previous year. And we found, um, we looked at California as well as other cities. And I think seven of the top 10 worst cities for air quality were right here in California. Well, that's and funny. Yeah. yeah. Mendocino County often rates as the first or second cleanest air in the United States of all the counties. <laughs> Oh, you guys are lucky. I I breathe that fresh air. <laughs> it's really our, good. Our, our biggest our biggest pollution problems are rocket dust from mountain roads and uh, and what Dave from Willis calls smolder piles, where they're burning brush. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> but oh my God, the Central Valley and 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 the the. The Dust Bowl that happens in the south end of the Central Valley is, you know, uh, a climate-related and water diversion-related pollution issue, let alone all the, all the combustion engines that we should be powering uh, with electricity instead of fossil fuel. That's right. That's right. About half of the pollution right now comes from still, you know, everything, you know extraction of, of fossil fuels all the way to... To burning the, the the gasoline, so it's really from transportation is where that half of it comes yeah. from. But um, but yeah, we can if we can get all of the um, electricity uh, to be from renewable power, like the wind and the sun, then um, it makes it a lot easier to electrify everything else. You know, electrify the way we get around from A to B, as well as how we cook and you know um, heat our homes. Um, if that electricity is clean and renewable, it makes a lot more sense to transition everything else, you know, to be electric. So, I guess I have a little bit of sympathy for the utilities that that they're having to maintain all of these infrastructures and are not getting to sell electricity. And net metering never seemed to me as a long-term viable solution if we're going to have for-profit utilities. And um, net metering meaning retail price for overflow electricity. So I always thought that we'd be going to something a little less than, than the retail price for our overflow electricity, but surely didn't think we would drop down to, you know, 20% of the retail price. Um, so 
where do you think the compromise should be, or do you think there sh- just shouldn't be, as I do, uh, for-profit utilities? <laughs> That's a good question. Honestly, I, I feel like I'm not a total expert on all the utility models and what's the best way to set up the system. Um, but um, but I do think that the way that things are working right now is not, is, you know, that, like the, this process, the way this process is, is ha- has um, happened has not been fair and has not been um, representative. Really, like the pushback, the outrage that came after this past year's proposal, you know, we saw um, national attention on what California was considering doing. And um, there was 120,000 people that submitted individual comments to the governor and to the CPUC saying, keep solar growing, don't, you know, we've got to save solar. Um, there was over 600 organizations that stood together um, as, as, and created the Save Solar Coalition um, that we're part of and so Solar Rights Alliance to say, you know, we need to keep solar growing. And yet, despite overwhelming um, support, um, we saw, you know, this this revised proposal that just is not that, I mean, okay, we're glad that there's no solar tax. We're glad that they aren't affecting existing customers' agreements. But cutting the incentive 75% overnight is no way Devastating. to keep solar growing. Devastating. So, yes, it would be. Um, and so, and so, I do think that we, you know, there's reform. Is there's the CPUC is right for reform? It would be absolutely welcome. The whole way, what watching, you know, as it's as it's all happened, um, it's just not very open or transparent, and there's not that much. Um, it's just hard to influence, and so it doesn't. It feels really different to me. You know, we spend more of our time working in the legislature on on bills where there's public hearings and you can testify all the time and it just feels um, easy to have conversations with elected, you know, you can set up meetings, anyone can set up a meeting with an elected official's office and communicate your perspective and hear where they stand. CPUC Um, is a backroom mafia. It definitely feels a lot less transparent, for sure. Hey, we've been getting a ton of calls, and uh, I think we should open up the phone lines for listeners who want to get in, ask a question, or make a comment. Uh, I'm taking them here in the Ron O'Brien studio at 895-2448-707-895-2448. And I believe I have a very patient, quiet caller on the air right now. Hey, caller, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. You're uh, there. Think that... of the word Kawanakasi with a Q. Progress with no balanced ending. Hmm. I'm not sure I followed that. Well, Chris, did did you have an idea what he was saying? <laughs> Hello, caller. You're live on the Renewable Energy Hour. Hey, Doug, how you doing tonight? All right. This is uh, Max from Willis. Great hey. stimulating conversation, as always. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you. So here would here would be my proposal how everybody wins and how we could uh, make it so that we could still have, quote-unquote, for-profit uh, utilities, even though in reality they're more like uh, thieves and price gougers. But that being uh, put aside... What, we, what would be nice is if we could motivate them to work with solar and renewables so that they could make money off of us and we could all work together. So what I would propose is that the public utilities invest their time and money instead of wasteful, horrible batteries like lithium that require incredible invasive mining from giant corporations that continue to profit on uh, taking resources from the earth and polluting the earth in the process. We would we would do. Are you familiar, Doug, with the gravity battery? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a number of different gravity batteries. Yeah, and the one that I'm most the biggest the biggest uh, fan of is the one that they're running uh, successful trials with, and somewhere in Spain, I forget the city, but um, basically it's erecting a, a giant tower one block at a time, and then once the tower is completely erected then the gravity of the entire tower uh, collapses on itself back into its footprint slowly, and in the process it spins a turbine generating electricity. Mm-hmm. So if, if the public utilities would invest in a gravity battery, they would be incentivized to have all of us who power, who, who, uh, power our homes with solar 
to on sunny days and they could have a rate in the daytime that was lower and a rate at the nighttime which was higher and they would get to sell all that energy back to the customers at a profit that we've uh you know more or less made for them by bring by uh creating the tower with our excess solar in the day so that way everybody wins you're not mining horrible you know you're supporting horrible mining processes and and creating more and more batteries and waste stream. You have a tower, if it's built right, that could potentially last for hundreds of years. And in the process, you've incentivized all of us to continue to buy solar and, and do the right thing, and you've also made it possible for them to get a revenue stream. Did, did you hear our show? I don't know it was uh, six months or more ago um, where we had uh, someone talking about a gravity battery that was basically wanting to take old coal sites that had the right geology because they already had the right transmission capacity coming to it um, and basically coring out a piston that you know could be football fields in diameter into the earth cutting it in half and basically wrapping that cylinder of stone in in a sealable steel layer and make a piston out of that big weight and have excess electricity when there was overflow from solar during the day running pumps to pump water below the piston to raise the piston up and then in the evening let the, when the solar had ceased to meet the demand let the piston fall and run the fluid backwards uh, through the same pumps although they went both directions as a pump one way and as a as a power generating turbine the other direction and that was a pretty cool gravity battery yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of designs out there. What's frustrating me is that, you know, they they just want to keep investing in more and more batteries and and you know and, and new battery technology, and they're not realizing, you know, like the the one I recently heard is that if you take into consideration all the rare minerals, everything else, all the excess plastic, all the wiring, everything else, the ecological footprint to create a Tesla is about twenty five to thirty times more polluting for the environment and carbon and emitting uh, carbon dioxide yeah, I, I, I knew it was worse uh, the numbers I've seen haven't been nearly that bad but uh, but it definitely oh. is it definitely is worse but that's in the manufacturing but then on the road they're radically lower especially if you're in a state where your electricity grid is much much cleaner which is part of the focus on this show is how to get our grid cleaner and uh and and particular particularly the immediate impact of this decision that's due to be made by the California Public uh, Public Utility Commission on December fifteenth, right, Laura? That's right. It's on the agenda right now on December fifteenth, and um, there's a chance can get it will get pushed back, and that that's really only going to happen though if people speak up and and let the governor and let the commissioners know that you're concerned. I agree with your there's incredible new technology. It's fantastic what we can come up with, you know, that would be so much better than what we're currently doing. And we're just concerned that we we won't be able to get there um, if the, you know, utility, the the lobbyists, the front groups, the fossil fuel interests um, are able to get their way. And and we actually did a... um, uh, we also issued another report last year called Blocking Rooftop Solar, where we, we took a look at what's happening all across the country. Um, we actually found that there's, there's a playbook by the special interest groups that are really working to actively undermine policies that are encouraging adoption of, of these clean energy, like rooftop solar technologies. And so, um, so that's why, um, even though the technologies could be there one day for this all to work, um, we've really got to speak up right now to keep solar growing this next year, you know, to get um, to get to that point. Well, 
we had some strange phone issues. Uh, Chris has texted me saying he thinks he's been dropped again in the same way as before. So I may try to call him back in a moment, but let's take this call in the meanwhile. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Oops, I seem to have my volume way too high. Hello, okay, caller. Okay, I, I, I hear you loud and clear. Thanks. Hey, David, Thanks. of, of the smolder pile quote. Yeah, uh, David from Willits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, interesting show as always. Now, um, now, wait a minute. A I, for your, your I, I, Actually, could you reintroduce your guest for me? Uh, this is Laura Dehan. And, and Laura, to give you an idea of this county, David is probably uh, an hour and 15-minute drive from me. And uh-huh. we know each other. I mean, that's uh-huh. how small <laughs> this county is in population. Well, uh, I love it. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, thank you for being a guest. Most most fascinating, and I apologize for my funny accent. Um, you were speaking about uh, battery storage in terms of gigawatts, and I, I, I missed whether that was gigawatts or gigawatt hours, which, of course, is very, very important to all of us. I was speaking if, of that? If you could explain the difference, and maybe uh, for, for... Or Laura was. Uh, dumb it down a little bit. How many, how many homes for how many hours? Is that worth, uh, you know, something that we can, uh, that everybody can relate with? Uh, I don't, I don't remember talking about gigawatts or gigawatt hours. I no, think I did. I mentioned the battery storage capacity. Yeah, and I think it's a term of gigawatts, but not gigawatt hours. Yeah, well, there's there's two different issues. Uh, watts is how fast it can deliver juice at this instant, and that's very important to utilities in terms of fixing momentary glitches and things like that being able to take on you know if you know a major generator dropped out right. that well, this could well, suddenly yeah, well, but, but in terms of just raw storage so we can make our spaghetti at eight o'clock at night Gig- gigawatt hours is gigawatt hours is probably more pertinent hours, yeah. and uh What's gigawatt? A billion watt hours, so it's a million kilowatt hours. Uh, I think hey, the I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up and let you right. guys do the math. Thanks for the I, show. I think the average California home draws something like twenty kilowatt hours a day, so a gigawatt hour with a million kilowatt hours. What's a million divided by twenty? What? 500,000 homes or something like that. Did I do my math right in my head? Don't let me Don't do that. Me. Don't let me do that. I'm not an in-my-head math person. <laughs> anyway, it, it always raises a good question. All it? right. Good night. Thank All right, you. good night. Thank you. All right. Um, we just have a few minutes. I'm wondering, is it worth uh, trying to get... Hmm. Reading my text was me and Laura, 5,000. Oh, uh, 50,000 gigawatt hours. Chris is texting me since he's gotten dropped off the phone. Um, he's doing the math. <laughs> That's great. 50,000. Yeah. Oh, I slipped I a digit when I said 500,000. 50,000. Um, that's what he's correcting uh-huh. me on. So uh, we only have 10 minutes left, but yeah, we do have another phone call. So let's take that phone call. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. You have a question for Laura or an issue about the CPUC issue? I'm hoping to no. keep it on that topic. I just wanted to tell you what your first caller was trying to tell you was Koya Niskatsi. Oh. About life out of balance. Okay, Goyani Scotsy. Right. I remember. I remember a movie yeah, yeah. back yeah. in the nineteen eighties right. or late seventies. Right. Yes, that's what Which he was is saying. Still very pertinent. Yes. Uh, all right. Thank I you. I believe so. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that's what he was trying to communicate. Life out of balance. But, well, that's humans. Yeah. Humans in a nutshell at the moment. Thank you. Yes, but I also am totally opposed to the California CPUC and their behavior. Well, they 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 kowtow to the utilities way more than a government yes, regulatory agency yes, should, is do. my opinion. I agree. And thanks for all you do. Hey, thank you. So, Laura, what can we do to influence that California public utility in our last several minutes? Yeah, the, I mean, the, 
the reality, first of all, we can make a difference on this. We saw that we We have make a made difference. a difference. I mean, the difference exactly. between this proposal and their first proposal is astronomical. It's still bad, but it is so much better. We shut them down two or three times already. You're absolutely right, Doug. And we know that, I mean, Governor Newsom really, really cares about his legacy. And, you know, he we think he has higher aspirations, right? He wants to run for higher office, um, likely, at, at some point in the future. And so um, I think that he's very concerned about what's going to happen if, if um, rooftop solar collapses under his watch. And, and I think, as a result, we can um, really influence him. Um, and we did it. We've done it already. <laughs> We're doing it right now. We can do it again. And there's already been um, thousands and thousands of people who've spoken up just in the last few weeks. And um, there was a rally just a few days ago. Um, rallies, actually 10 different simultaneous rallies happened on Thursday last week um, in different cities calling on Newsom and the CPUC to keep solar growing and, and change the proposal once again. And, um, and I do think that if people speak up either send a message. Um, again, our website is set up so you can easily send a message. You can write your own message and there's some outlines of like, you know, kind of an, a, an example. Mm-hmm. And it's um, Environment California, all spelled out, environmentcalifornia.org slash rooftop solar. If you go there, you'll see four actions you can take to save California solar today. Um, one of them send the email. One of them is making a phone call during business hours to Governor Newsom's office directly and telling him what you think. Um, you can also uh, post on your social media um, if, you're, if you've got a Facebook account or other social media account. And then there's also um, a good uh, kind of tool to make it really easy to submit a letter to your local paper, um, like to the letters to the editor section, um, which can be really influential. We know that the governor and the commissioners and the legislators, all the decision makers, are paying attention to what people are saying on those opinion pages. And, and they have to count the comments that come in. They legally have to count them. And, um, and so if we have, we've had overwhelmingly the comments have been on the side of keeping solar growing. And we think if we can do that again, get way more comments on our side, we've got to be able to make this proposal better um, before it gets, it gets voted um, in less than two weeks. You said they legally had to count the comments. Who's they? Well, the, the, the governor has to track all the comments that come into his office. The commissioners have to track them. Right. Well, well. Uh, that's what I was getting at is, you know, in the past, uh, we've had ways to make comments to the CPUC, and you haven't mentioned that. Are there... That's true. Well, to be honest, we've been more focused on the governor because we actually think that's the way we'll have the biggest influence. But you can go right onto the CPUC website directly and submit a comment on the docket related to net metering. It's called NEM 3.0. And if you just search for that on the CPUC website, it will come up and you can submit a comment. Is that one of the Um, links on your website? It's not because we're really not we've not been focusing on that. We've been more encouraging people to message the governor. We think that's the more um, likely that we'll be able to influence the governor than the commissioners right now. They've already had so many comments. (laughs) Um, It's not been enough. So that's why the governor, we did, we do think the governor really helped to change this proposal and get rid of the solar tax and, and protect existing solar customers. And so we're really counting on governor Newsom doing the same thing and making the, the net metering credit better. All right. Um, uh, I still want to try to push the CPUC or to change the CPUC, uh, how it runs. It, it's always seemed way too utility-influenced to me. Yeah, yeah. It's something about how it's set up. It's like um, you end up with only a small number of people who have the lawyers, right, to be a party to any given proceeding. And those members, they're kind of part of that an insular group that are getting information, more private information that, that isn't public. And the whole the whole thing makes it um, kind of geared toward um, those are the individuals that have any influence over it. 
And because we know the utilities and the, you know, like those those companies, they have plenty of lawyers, lots of money to be able to um, to just have disproportionate impact in that type of setting, which is really different than all the other public processes, you know, where um, where everyday people can engage much mm-hmm. more easily. It's very and, different. And advoc- yeah, exactly. Even for advocacy groups like ours, um, we are not actually a party to the proceeding. We're really just influencing it from the outside. Mm-hmm. And because it's quite, it's just a lot of money to pay for lawyers, honestly. Hey, so, we've got... And it's not clear you can do much either, that it work. We've got time for one last quick call. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Hi there. This is Henry and Willis. Hi, Doug. Hey, Henry. And you're an old landlord of mine, if I'm recognizing that voice. I am indeed. <laughs> yes. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the money you still owe me, but... Oh, wait a minute. No such thing. <laughs> Kidding, kidding. <laughs> What's Listen, up? Listen, um, my question is very quickly: Is there a place I can go to glean bullet points to bring to the governor and to bring to C- PUC? Oh, I'm sure Laura's website does, and I'm sure SolarRights.org does. Uh, Laura, what's your website again? Yeah, our website's EnvironmentCalifornia.org/slash/rooftopsolar. And um, on that page, you can see some good sample points. And if you click on the email link, there's some sam- uh, kind of an outline. Um, and then we also have a, it, just if you search on our website for Rooftop Solar, you'll see all kinds of articles and reports that can help you make a really strong case. But they also have suggested emails, you know, that you can change how you see fit. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, there's a kind of a draft email you can edit in there. Um, so, yeah, thanks. Well, thank you. All right. Take care, Henry. And uh, we've got to wrap it up. We've got a minute plus here to go. Um, And I must say, uh, your organization does a hell of a lot more than just fight for solar. Can you talk, you know, in the last minute or two? Sure. Minute. Absolutely, yeah. Um, So Environment California, we're a statewide environmental advocacy group that works to protect our environment, right? So our air, we work for clean air, clean water, protecting the most beautiful places. We work to protect our forests and our ocean, our mountains, our desert, you know. Um, And uh, right now, we're doing a lot of work on uh, getting, you know, protecting our climate, (laughs) keeping a safe climate by working to get to a renewable energy future. And uh, we're supporting both rooftop solar. And we're also excited about the potential with offshore wind so actually today was another historic day for that where um you know we we saw the very first lease auction finish um off the california coast um and so we now have five companies that have just won bids to be able to develop offshore wind i on I, the I only have a few seconds left and chris is telling me that environment california.org slash rooftop solar doesn't work environment america.org slash california slash rooftop solar does this has been a production of mendocino county public broadcasting kzyx philo 90.7 fm kzyz willits and ukiah 91.5 fm and fort bragg at 88.1 fm you can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner thank you for listening